Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be talking about organizing all those books you've been buying, that you just got from the holidays, that you're storing up for the next year's curriculum. We're going to talk about how we organize those, how we manage those, how do you manage that massive list of books that you're purchasing, you know, outside and even including all the library books that you're checking out as well. Um, So we'll try to cover everything today. But before you begin, head down in the show notes, you'll see all the great resources that we have, um, all of our links, all of our social media. And if you could, please head over to iTunes and please give us a nice review. We had a email from a listener. And what did she ask? Who is it? Who is who is she? And what did she ask? Yes, I'm going to I'm sorry if I get your name wrong. We were just arguing over how to pronounce this. So I'm going to say Nada. Nada. Uh, Thank you so much for your email. She was just wondering about how we organize all these books. This is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Organization is near and dear to your heart. I would I know I would never have guessed. I know. Spoiler alert. Uh, We're going to be talking about organizational tape. That's where we're going. <laughs> listen, listen, washi tape. It's lovely. We're going to get there. Don't okay. just stay. Just stay tuned. Don't give them spoilers, Booza. <laughs> so I think the great thing uh, about this episode is that, you know, we have just over 2000 books in our house. Uh, we don't have a bookshelf. We have we don't have a room of books. We have shelves rooms i think we have books in every room of our house i'm pretty sure one two three i'm staring at five bookshelves there's one there's the closet we have five here we have one in our bedroom we have two in our daughter's one daughter's room we have one in our other daughter's room we have five in the bonus room i have one of cookbooks in the kitchen it's and we're about to build and we're building two two more more next weekend so i mean we we got we got bookshelves and bookshelves and, and so some would say we have a problem, but I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think we are rich. We are rich in in, in uh, paper. Yeah, you know what? This is this is worth more than gold, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? So, what we always wanted to do—we talked about this be, before we had children. We wanted to have a household that was full of books. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, when you were a child, you talked about discovering books on your father's bookshelf mm-hmm. and how it, you know, propelled you into new things that yep. you didn't know that you might be interested in. And, yep. and that's what we wanted for our children. So, uh, you know, and we love to thrift. So boy, we have done a lot of that. So we've got a lot of books in this house. So we had a lot of books before we had children and now we have children's books well, and now we homeschool and I cannot stop collecting books. Well, we were also, I mean, we were buying books for the kids before we actually had kids. I mean, well, oh, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll get into years. it. You know, Ariel has a very deep, deep love for the eyewitness books. She remembers them from her childhood. Hopefully, cross our fingers, one day I'm going to convince her to contact DK and see if we can get somebody on from the eyewitness department. <laughs> Just, I don't even know what I would say to them. I, lo- I love your books. They're right. fabulous. How do you come up with your topics? I don't know. So, some people hoard gold and silver. <laughs> Others hoard 
great illustrated classics and <laughs> eyewitness books and American girl books and American now. girl books now. Yeah, so you know we have been purchasing books for a long time. You know I, we have a very huge, enormous adult section of books that we ha- that I'm staring at right now, um, and it's very near and dear to my heart. You know, I had, we had the problem of buying books but not necessarily reading all the books, and so something that I've been doing personally for my own life is actually, you know, devoting myself to reading the books that I have. And I've spent two years, and I've knocked out 150 of them, and I haven't even dented the wall. And it's amazing, like when when you collect this many books, that you go, "Wow, I don't even have to, you know, leave the house. I can just pull the book off the shelf, and I can go right into it. It's amazing." Which in this pandemic has come in has handy. Been, there's a there's a reason why I got 85 <laughs> books this year. I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, it's the the, the yeah. thing with organizing books is it's not a static thing, right? No. I I I didn't tell you but i have another book outlet order coming in this week for another oh, some other 30 books so i just we are taking your donations in bitcoin right now <laughs> <laughs> so you know the thing is 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 i i love books i love that uh our older daughter loves books our younger is just getting into books she's only 19 months so it's still pretty early for her but our five-year-old is in love with books she stays up every night to look at books well, i mean nothing books warms help, my heart books, more. books helped us get past the finger sucking issues and allowing her to look through books um, it's one of her passions and we we said okay if you you know look through your books until you're tired and you can fall asleep we can avoid this finger problem and that was it it was it i mean it just letting her look yeah. at the books letting her do those type of things let, you, know, she, you know, she got into, we read yeah. Harry Potter together. Harry Potter, she loves to look through the Lego books. I mean, the, the number of books she's looked through, even though she cannot yet read. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she's looked through hundreds and hundreds of books just on her own without mm-hmm. our involvement at all. It makes us so happy. So, so this organizing books, it's about more than uh, not having your house look cluttered and being able to find stuff. It's also about allowing allowing your children to go on a path of discovery, mm-hmm. right? If you, if mm-hmm. your books are so haphazard and the way that they're organized and where they're placed and, you know, stacked on top of one another and things that your child couldn't find anything that yeah. hinders that path of discovery. So that's what we want to talk about today, how we organize our books to keep our sanity and also to, to help our children go on that path. Ho- yeah. Hopefully enable that learning. So right. l- let's start with the first thing. All right. Know. So step so, one. So Ariel, I come home. Hey, look, sweetie, I have the new Treasure Island. We already have it. Hey, look, I got another copy of, you know, the Man in the Iron Mask. We already have it. Yeah. You know, oh, we, my we gosh. Run into that problem. If you so thrift, you've done this. The, I know you The have. most important thing that we have to do first is know what you have, know what you need to get. So how do you, how do, how do you recommend them to, you know, the listeners to do that? So, so the first thing I would say is to get yourself some sort of organizational uh, book cataloging system. I use an app. I think that this is great because it's it's handy. I use one called Book Buddy. There are several. We'll try to find a few and, and link in the show notes so you have some idea of some options. I think it was $2.99, uh, best money ever spent. So what's great about this app is it actually allows me to scan the barcodes of my books. So I don't have to type in the name of all 2,000 books. I mm-hmm. can just go by shelf and I can boop, 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 and you can scan multiple barcodes at once. So I can scan 20 barcodes and then say save, and it'll save all the titles. And it goes me. out, picks, it gets the image of the front cover of the book, the description of the book, when it was, you know, printed or whatnot. The, the yeah. author, all the information yeah. goes there. Uh, so that's really great. Occasionally on older books, I will have to type in the ISBN number mm-hmm. by hand that comes right below the barcode. This is something I'm willing to put up with for 
the the value that it gives me. So what it can do for us once you have the books there, uh, you have a few you have a few options. You can create tags for your books. So when I scan in a book, Ancient Egypt, it's not just that book. It's actually an eye, part of the eyewitness series. Mm-hmm. And I want to know that it is. So I have created a tag that says eyewitness. So when I boop that barcode, I go into it and I click the tag eyewitness and it saves it. So now if I wanted to search on that tag, I could find every book in my eyewitness collection mm-hmm. and I would have them all. You know, this isn't probably so valuable for collections that are named a little bit better, but eyewitness books, they could be anything. Fish, night, space, matter. I mean, it could be anything, yeah. right? So I want to know that these are part of the eyewitness collection. Well, especially since we are trying to collect, you know, all 180 eyewitness books. We're, yeah. we're about halfway there. We're like halfway there. We have a lot of them, but boy, yeah. there's just, there's so much goodness there. So I, I try to, I try to get one every Because we, we were out. using like a Google sh- spreadsheet. We were using Google Docs. Yeah, and we tried to do like a to do list yeah. of, of okay, well these are I would I had to go out onto the eyewitness book website, look at all the different books that they had to offer, and then uh, type them all in on a like a checklist type type thing that we both shared a wonder list, and then we could go out and we could look. But what it would end up happening, we would forget to tag it. You know, it, it just it wasn't working so great. If you and take, it was a lot of initial yeah. input, a lot of time. So if you take BookBuddy and you scan a book that you already have, does it tell you? It absolutely does. Okay. And so I don't even I don't even really have to do that when I'm in the store and I'm thrifting. I did this in Goodwill a few weeks ago. I, I saw a book and I was like, I think I might have that. I started to went to the search. I just started to type in the first couple letters and the book came up right away. And I was hmm. like, ah, I already got that one. Don't need to do that. Yeah. So really perfect you can type in the author's name oh uh, roll doll i can start typing that in and i can see all the roll doll books that i have oh i don't need another copy i already have james and the giant peach right mm-hmm. so really great so labels are awesome helps you prevent you from from uh getting duplicates also you can put notes about your book so you can uh put a note that this book needs replacement yeah i think you've done that with the charlie and the, Char- I mean, the, the actual uh, roll doll is funny because i think charlie and the tractor factory we had a really bad copy right kind of torn on the back it got i think toddlerized and we needed a new copy and you're like oh great we can toss or we can you know donate that one and get a new one right yeah yeah so we i had a note in there that this book needs replacement because it was old and chewed up and great so now i know which books are um, in need of replacement it all ariel could i borrow a book you could and i could go into book buddy and say matt has my book oh he's not trustworthy no so this is great right you 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 know what they always say you don't (laughs) loan a book you give a book right because you probably never get it back that is fake news (laughs) we don't want anything to leave our vault (laughs) But, you know, it's true. A lot of times you do loan something. We're, we're generous with our books. Sometimes, yeah. Like, you, like I think I had a copy of, of uh, Frank Miller's 300, which was the basis of the movie that Snyder made. And I think I lent it to somebody, and I have no idea where it went. It was completely right. gone. No I had, idea. I had to go it. back and buy another copy of it. And that was really frustrating because that, it's a beautiful book, but it's also very – I didn't want a used copy of it. I wanted a new one that was beautiful, like my old one I gave away. Um and you know that's like 15 16 bucks and it costs you 
money and this app can help save you on that right and i don't think it's that no one purposely means to walk away with your book it's just that you forget that you lent it to them they forget that they borrowed it and this thus is the story so at least you know Mm -hmm. and you could say hey i've loaned out my book to so and so and then you can inquire about it later so i really love that feature of the app so this is the first step in organizing know what you have and if you have duplicates this is a great opportunity to call them you know scan all your shelves know what you've got and then go oh my gosh i have two copies of frankenstein Hmm," Mm -hmm. you know and and toss whichever one is not the right one yeah no it definitely feels like you know some people like like i know my dad has multiple copies of books because he wants certain editions or he wants certain things and i have a little bit of that that mentality i know i have a couple different types of I think I have like two or three copies of Ulysses and things like that. But, you know, that's kind of like on the edge. Most of it, we have all of one book. There's been a few classics that I've had duplicates of. Um, but for the most part, we have one of everything. And this this app to help cull those those you know copies. I think I had like two copies of The um, Man in the High Castle from, from Dick. So, I found a ton of yeah. duplicates. When I went through, I, I made a whole pile of duplicate editions yeah. that we could look through and decide which ones we wanted to keep, which ones we wanted to donate. So yeah. this is a great first step. So next thing, organized by subject or collection. So why is it important to do that? So this is part of being able to find the book that you need and the path of discovery, right? Exactly. This is, this is a, that's a, a real balance. Um, so I want to talk about a, a few different types of books. First of all, we just got through the holidays and I wanted to tell you what I do about my holiday books. Shelf space is at a premium in this house and it may be in yours too, if you're anything like us. So for holiday books, I'm not keeping Christmas books on the shelf all year long. No. I'm just not doing that. Um, I don't keep any holiday books on the shelf. I, so like we have, so we have bins for holiday books for like our, um, Halloween. I have one bin for holiday books, and I have them in order from the beginning of the year mm-hmm. to the end of the year. So Christmas is at the end, and then Thanksgiving and Halloween going forward. Is this the new mega bin? This is the new mega bin. We used to have yeah. smaller bins of just the holiday. We did, books. and and they weren't organized well because mm-hmm. they were kind of i had half the books over here and half the books over there so what i did was i took a big crate i think i got it at walmart it was like i don't know four dollars or something i I put it in the closet upstairs so we don't need to see these books all the time but when i know we're approaching a new holiday i can go and look at my holiday book box and you know if my daughters really want to get into it and they want to look at it it's really fine with me it's not that they can't but i don't want to keep this out on my shelf 365 days a year when Mm -hmm. it's all about christmas also, it's nice to put Christmas away sometimes. <laughs> like, so, like last week when we did. Right. So, um, so yeah, the first one I do is uh, any books that are that are specifically seasonal. Holiday books are great. You may have other seasonal books. Oh, these are books that are all about fall or all about spring or something. Or like any other major holiday. You may have a bunch of Easter books or you may have like right. Fourth of July books. That you Anything put away, that you don't like need all year long unless you have copious shelf space and then, you know, can I come live with you? Um, (laughs) Unless you have copious shelf space, I would say this is a great first way to cut down on the books that you have on your shelf is to put things that you don't need all year long Mm -hmm. away. How about books by type? So the next thing we would do is I would put all my reference books together, picture books, chapter books, board books. So we've got a ton of board books. They are all in our younger daughter's room. Even though our older daughter sometimes likes to look at board books, I, they're all in the baby's room because mm-hmm. that that's a good spot for board books. It's a safe place for board books to be mostly. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they don't last. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're both designed to be durable, but I, they also get chewed apart. 
pretty fast. E- e- yeah. So yeah. we've got some we've got some shelves in there. That's where we house all of our mm-hmm. board books. We try to keep our reference books all together. We try to keep our chapter books all together by our by our reading chair. So, you know, keeping the books together is helpful. If I've got chapter books intermixed with picture books and reference books and things, it's just it's kind of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Our 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 older daughter, she can't read yet. She loves to look through books. She loves to look at picture books. She loves to look at reference books because they have pictures. Putting chapter books in the middle just means that those chapter books are going to end up getting pages torn. Or... Or, yeah, or pushed to the back as she's trying to get to these bigger books. So I like to keep things kind of together um, that are the same type. But like for, for us, we have a lot of reference books. Do you, We I know we tend to segment those even within them. So how do we do that? Right. So... This is this is going to be uh, up to your preference. So you can either say, I'm going to take space as an example. Yeah. I could either put all my space books together, regardless of what type of collection they come up. So I could put my eyewitness space book and my Usborne look inside space book and any other books I have about space all together and make a big space section. If that's what works well for your family and you really like that, go well, for that. And that's really helpful. I mean, if you have a kid that's really you know locked in on a certain subject... If you're following more of kind of like a hybrid unschooling model and you want to have those books available so the kid can pull them off, that's a really nice thing to do. We don't tend to do that. So I kind books. of do both. A, the a uh, the other way to do it is to organize them by the collection. Mm-hmm. So in, in, my, in our case, we do that unless the book is out of a collection. So let me explain. So we have a whole section of the eyewitness books as we talked about. We love those books. I have super fond memories as a child of just pouring over those books. And now my, my daughter does the same, which is just heartwarming for me. So I have all my eyewitness books together. I have all of our Usborne books together. Now, separately, I've got a bunch of miscellaneous books that are about space. I have kept them together because they're all about space. But because these other two are in specific collections, I've kept them with yeah. their collection. And that's purposeful, well, right? And they're, and they're, they're not just a collection. They're, we're trying to collect all the pieces, right? <laughs> It's it's yeah. like it's not like you know oh I have four books I have four eyewitness books, and if you're not really a big eyewitness book fan then maybe you just spread your eyewitness books. Right. We're trying to collect the, you know we have two really big collections going right now. We have the eyewitness books and the great illustrated classics. Yeah. And between those two, those are our big collections. Everything else is kind of just grouped together by kind of subject. By subject, and the eyewitness books we have like sixty of them, and and we have them together because. For us, that was, you know, one, it is a collection. But the second thing is that our daughter has gone on a better path to discovery that way Mm -hmm. rather than put the space book in with the space stuff. So she loves to go to the eyewitness books because she knows that they're almost all pictures. Mm -hmm. So she might not know that about if the books were all scattered, but she knows this collection with the white spines that are all here. These are all picture books. and I can look at any of them. So that's how she actually our daughter's very into ancient Egypt. That's how she discovered it. We didn't really talk specifically about mm-hmm. it with her when she was our then four-year-old. Yeah, when she got into the archaeology, ancient Egypt stuff, yeah. yeah. She discovered it through looking at eyewitness books, and she goes and she'll pull costume and dance, and she'll pull space maybe. Yeah, we've and been reading the, uh, so, the religion book this week, yeah. Yeah, she loves the different books because she she knows and recognizes that those books all have pictures. Same with the Usborne Look Inside books because they all mm-hmm. have lift the flaps. She knows that those are a specific type of book. And so I, I, I would say this one, you have to kind of make your decision. Do I group it by subject or do I group it by book collection? 
And that's going to be based on where you think your kids are going to find and discover better. So, you know, that's, this is for you to kind of make your own decisions about I, anything that doesn't go in a collection for me is all grouped by subject. So cool. Um, think about it that way. Washi tape. You have, you have the floor. Go. Okay. So when it comes to organizing the books and finding things, I, I love washi tape. I heard about this online I don't know, a couple of years ago, maybe. This is a specific type of crafting tape. It's a Japanese crafting tape, I guess. I buy it from, uh, I just buy it from Walmart. I buy a 3M, a Scot- or, sorry, Scotch um, washi tape. And it's basically super colorful, kind of like... It has almost the texture of like electrical tape. Maybe it it doesn't leave any residue on your books. It doesn't pull up anything on your books. If you get you got to get good quality. Don't don't get cheap washi tape because you don't want to hurt your books. But what it allows me to do is I have tape on the spine of every book. So like the um, Blossom and Root Earlier's Volume Two, which is what we're finishing up right now, I have tape on the spine of every one of those books. Because since our kids do love books, they take books off the shelf, books walk around the house, they get put back in different locations. Mm-hmm. Those pieces of spine tape tell me that like I can I can scan a whole wall of books and find the orange zigzags and know, oh, that's that's a blossom and root book and I can get it put back where I need it to go so I can find it in the right week when I need that book. Well and, and the thing is we have a cubby, you know, we're doing um you know, blossom and root right now. We have a cubby that has pretty much all the books mm-hmm. for the curriculum sitting there. And sometimes they do walk. They do walk yeah. away. And, and so it's, it's really great when we find one in another room, we could say like, oh gosh, I really need, you know, make way for ducklings. Where is it? Yeah. Right. I can go look through all the shelves. I can quickly scan them because I know I'm looking for that specific tape on the spine. Mm-hmm. So washi tape is really great. They have all kinds of different colors. Um, my advice would be to try to get things that are that are bold colors. Don't just get like flat black or mm. flat blue try to get something with some sort of pattern on it mm-hmm. um really helpful and you can take them off anytime you want yeah, because some curriculums like great. if you're doing torchlight and then if you do like a build your library or blossom and root you, some books have you know you'll use the books in both places right so you may want to then pull the tape off change the tape rebuild your cubby of what you have and and I actually have done double tape. You'll see I'm over star- here. Yeah, I'm staring at the wall right <laughs> yeah, over there. Yeah, one of the books I have on the shelf here as I'm planning for um, for Torchlight and, and Build Your Library K, I think it's uh, why, why Mosquitoes Buzz in People's Ears. Yep. And that's used for both. And so I actually just have two pieces of washi tape so that I know it's for both because we're going to go through the curriculum again with our younger daughter. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to lose that. But washi tape is an excellent way to organize Washi tape is also a great way to mark uh, books that belong to you. If you have, uh, you know, if you have some sort of, uh, you, you have friends that come over and they may bring books with them. You know, you're afraid of books walking. If you don't want to have to like write your child's name in every book, mm-hmm. washi tape is a great, you know, maybe you want to have like your family's washi tape <laughs> that you know when you go, you know. It's kind of like bring, a cow brand. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you want to, you bring <laughs> books to church or co-op with you or something. Yeah, right. You know, if you all might have the same textbooks as other kids, right? Washi tape is great for that. Highly recommend uh, the use of that. And it's really, it's safe for your books. So talk a little bit about putting books away when they're not ready for it. Or, you know, if you're trying to save things as gifts throughout the year, you know, talk a little bit how you do that. So uh, why is your closet full of books? 
Yeah, my closet. Well, actually, we just why, why why is my old dresser that is now in your closet full of books <laughs> full and of books. and darn nearly tipped over on top of you when you had two drawers open. <laughs> it was so full. Of it books. was hilarious. She's putting books. I'm like, hey, let's move the dresser in here. You got all this new storage. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's put it in there. Hey, wow, look at all that stuff that's on your shelves. Let's get that off the shelf. You get more storage. Ooh, that's a great idea. Let me open up two drawers. Books. Books, books, <laughs> books. Hey, can you get that box up on the top? Why? What's up there? Books, books, books. Oh, hey, there's two more Amazon boxes up there. Oh, what? What? What'd you get from Amazon? Not Amazon. Books, books, books. <laughs> and then all of a sudden she puts. She, it was sort of like that. The straw that breaks the camel's back, or the, or the finally the length of the liver is so big you're able to move the mountain. She puts the one book in, and eventually the whole thing comes like leaning over on top of Ariel. She goes, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" <laughs> I need some help. I need some help. Save me. For the South Park fans out there, there's a great episode where Cartman, Cartman ate all of, was it, Bly, was it Bart's gold? Oh, yeah. He was trying to steal treasure, but it was actually so, fake. Yeah. And he ate all the treasure to try to sneak it out. And he couldn't move. And he all of a sudden, he's like, eh, you got to save me. You have to save me. So my wife went full Cartman. She's like, yeah, you have to save me. And so I was almost crushed under I, I, books. I was again. I was just outside the closet and I look back in there and there's the f- I, I have only seen this fear <laughs> in Ariel's eyes one other time when we went river rafting down the Chatuga in South Carolina when she Georgia. fell Georgia, well Georgia, South Carolina, and she fell out of the raft at was it Bulls 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 Sluice. She falls out of the of the raft backwards right f- backwards down the six foot, you know, rapid, and she's looking at me, and it's like I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and what do I yell? Keep your legs up. <laughs> so anyway, I come around the corner. That's my knight in shining armor. That's my knight. Sh- keep your, keep legs, your, legs, your up. legs up. They'll send ropes. <laughs> Does he reach out to save me? No, 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 no. Keep your legs. Up. What's the password to the lockbox? <laughs> so anyway, I come around the corner, <sighs> and this, this the whole the whole shelf is leaning on her. And I look down, it's like there's like 800 pounds of books. Anyway, so go ahead, continue. So the, the so moral was... of the story is only open one drawer at a time. So, so. Sorry, that was that was quite the deviation. <laughs> they they got a little bit inside the. It's uh, a little late at night, y'all. It Sorry. Is. Well, it's our first podcast after the new year, so oh, happy goodness. new year. Yes. So. <sighs> let's take. Let's exhale. <sighs> <sighs> All right. So for us. Uh, we, we thrift a lot for books. I go to a lot of consignment sales. I don't like to pay for full price for books. If you've, if you haven't already go way back and listen to our episode called buy all the books and you'll, you'll just, uh, discover all the ways that we buy used books and we try to save on books. So because of this, I often thrift books that my kids are not ready for yet. They're just, it's not the right time for it. Guys, we don't buy new cars. We don't buy new clothes. We don't buy toys. We buy new clothes sometimes. (laughs) Matthew buys all his clothes from Goodwill. (laughs) Because I'm a tall guy and I got to get my cheap clothes. I'm I'm not paying full price, $25 for You're hard on your clothes. And I'm also hard to find clothes. Anyway, that being said, we don't spend any money except on our children. (laughs) That's it. So anyway, buy all the books. (laughs) So... So yeah, we go, we shop a lot. We shop at Goodwill. We shop at consignment sales. Um, we we get used books. When I see something that I know is going to be in our future and it's a book, I don't even think about it. I just buy it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that means I've got a lot of books we're not ready for. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I have a couple of options. I could put all these books on the shelves. Bad news. But we don't really have room for all of them yet. Um, well, and a lot of these books are being geared up for certain aged. You know, these are things we want to read to her that maybe she's not ready for. Or these are th- books for the curriculum that we're, we're getting prepared for. Right. We do not want them mixing with the general population right now. Yeah. So, okay. So this is a... This is kind of a, a balancing act, right? Mm-hmm. Because books that they're not ready for yet, like eyewitness books, there's no way that our four-year-old was ready to read an eyewitness book, but they helped her discover something that she wouldn't have known and that she loves. So anything that's a picture-based book, even mm-hmm. if it's too old for them, but I think reference, they could... Reference books, we, we are good on you know, sending them in to the into the room putting them on the show right. those, those I, are fine i put them out right away this but is primarily like the chapter books this is these chapter are the series books, books that we know she she's gonna like and and that and, and right the yeah. these are these are books that are chapter books that she's not going to get any value out of because there's no pictures so uh, having it on the shelf right now when she you know can't read even an early reader book it's just too early. If, if she was already reading a little bit, you know, maybe I would put something more advanced on the shelf and, and maybe that's a stretch goal and she might, it might interest her in wanting to step up to the next level of her reading. So it's not that these books are, you know, three and four levels above where she's mm-hmm. at. So it's just a bit too far to go and we don't have as much shelf space. So I've decided to keep these books back and I, I do have them organized in my closet. Like we're collecting American girl books because we have two daughters and those books are, you know, inspiring and They're also encouraging. very di- diverse. They cover a lot of time frame. And, yeah. and we like that they cover different, they cover older time spans and how kids lived in those times. So anyways, yeah. we've been collecting those books when I find them used. I've been collecting, I mean, just lots of different books. I know in Torchlight 1 we're going to be studying Greek mythology, so I've been collecting different chapter books that are, you know, kids books and spins off off of Greek mythology and things. So I'm just things I'm collecting early that I'm just not ready for them to get into yet or that I think I might give as a gift. So I have them all organized in my closet and mm-hmm. I I don't just have them out with everything. You know, we we give a lot of books for Christmas and birthdays and things. And when I find something, I put it away. So I recommend having some sort of a stash spot that you can put books that they might not be ready for yet. Uh, you know, I, I hate to put a book on the shelf, a chapter book or something that's got a, a beautiful cover. And my daughter's so excited because I just bought this book. And I'm like, oh, but you can't read it yet. And it's too old for me to even read it to you. You just wouldn't understand it yet. That's like a wah-wah. You know? yeah, exactly. So I'd rather just keep it back and bring it out when the time is right. Exactly. So. All right, well, you know, this is all about keeping books off the shelves. Now let's talk a little bit about how we keep books on the shelves and how do you present them. You know, how do you, how do you display each type of book? Are books specific to certain areas of the house? you know, certain types of books or certain places, you know, talk a little bit about how you do that. So as we, as we said, we have books in, I think basically every room Pretty of our much, house, yes. except like the dining room, um, the bathroom. No, there's books in the bathroom. <laughs> we have books everywhere. The potty book is in the bathroom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is important where you store your books is almost as important as how you organize them. Once they're on the shelves, mm-hmm. you need to keep books near the areas that you're going to use them. So, I have a a rack full of cookbooks in my kitchen. All of the board books are in the baby's room. All of the chapter books we read as a family are near the big reading chair that we have that we all cuddle up in Mm -hmm. and read in. So the the reference books are all in the homeschool room where we can find them and where we would use them because something will come up in the middle of a homeschool lesson and we'll be able to run over there and pick up that reference book. So it's really important that you, you think about 
where it makes the most sense to put a book so that it can be, you know, easily attained when you need it to use it in that space. So think about that as far as placement of bookshelves and what goes on those shelves. You know, where are you going to use this book and keep it in the right zone of your house? How about picture books and bins? How do you do that? This has been one of my favorite things to do is I grabbed bins when Target had kind of its dollar spot thing. We talked about this uh, in one of our first episodes. Picture books are, are you know, the real thin ones, you know, your Berenstein Bears and mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. If you put them spines, you know, in. You can't or, tell anything. Or, yeah. or spines out, you know, and just like you put a regular book, you can't read any <laughs> of the titles. And these are like bins sort of like if, if you can imagine a very large Rolodex. They have kind of like three or four slots. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of they're kind of uh, they're wide and they're low in the front, and so it's and kind of a stadium seating for the books. Yeah. yeah, they've got a couple of dividers, so they allow books to be presented uh, face front, so you can kind of flip through them, like you say, like a file, mm-hmm. like a file. So it's great. Our daughter can can know she wants to look at a picture book, go up to the shelf, and just start flipping through until she I'm, finds a cover that interests her. Even the one and a half year old knows how to do that. Like she's watched her sister Absolutely. do it, so she just thumbs through them, like like you know, it's like oh, I'm lo- I'm looking for George's uh, contact information. You know, it's like. You know, like, oh, here's all the Berenstain Bears. Oh, here's a picture book that I wanted. Yeah. Right. And the picture books do get all, you know, And these in are the cheap plastic bins. bins that we got somewhere. I don't know, Walmart or No, we got them at Target at Target? the dollar okay, spot. Yeah. I think they were like three bucks at Target when it was back to school time when we grabbed a bunch of them. So any kind of bins you could use, Rubbermaid totes, whatever works for you. But we would recommend that you put picture books um, so that the, the children can see the faces of the books when they flip through them so that they're more enticing. If you just have them all lined up on a shelf... I mean, that's great. They don't take as much space, but they're not going to get read in the same volume just because they can't they can't see the front covers and they don't know what the book is. So so, so the people who out there only have one shelf, they're going to put, obviously, Moby Dick. They'll put Don Quixote. <laughs> and then they're going to put their 147 fairy books on there, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rainbow fairies. Rainbow fairies. Oh, oh Scholastic. Scholastic. What are you doing? Ugh. So anyway... If you if you don't know, there's a there's a Scholastic series called uh, Rainbow Fairies, and we have well, read it's the fairies. There's Rainbow Fairies. There's, there's all there's all different there's ones. There's all I these mean, fairies, it's, and it's oh gosh, oh my god, there's 140 of them, and our daughter loves them. Anyway, so you know, what would you tell to a family that maybe has limited shelf space, um, but they like series books? Like, hey, they're getting into the Renly series. Yeah, Kingdom of Renly. Kingdom of Renly, or or maybe they have you know Harry Potter is a good example of that. Do you keep all the books on there? So it really depends when it comes to Harry Potter that has a special special shelf okay, in my bedroom <laughs> yeah. where we have where we have our art so I guess this is kind of interesting we have a we have a bookshelf that's in yeah. our bedroom yes. that has our most favorite books it has Matthew's uh, favorite chapter books my favorite chapter books our special illustrated editions of things like Harry Potter and and so it's good to have a place for special books but Ariel other- collects all the Harry Potter books I've got all the Cormac McCarthy books. Yeah, yeah. We the Venn diagram of our reading it doesn't overlap very far. Although oh, no. it looks like eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> although we it does overlap a little bit. And actually, one way that um, Matt and I continue to connect is we actually do read a book together, um, yes. and we read a chapter of this book every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then we, it gives us something to talk about. We've been reading Dune for the last couple months. Yeah, we've read Dune. In preparation for the movie that was delayed for a year. Right. Yeah. We'll be reading, I think we're going to be reading The Godfather, and then we're going to do the first Eye of the World book. Eye of the so World, yeah, we've got, We basically plan out a book that we both think we would like, and we read one chapter three times a week, and we gives us something to talk about outside of, I don't know, we find, you know, we're talking about the kids a lot and what's yeah. going on with them. And, 
and and their homeschool and things and it just gives us something that and, the and two of us can kind of share well, but we're doing it independently and the funny thing is you know i always try to leave these books out so i'm like i'm reading les mis right now and i'm also reading dune and i'm gonna my next one's uh lucas's novelization of star wars right so i've got it all sitting out and so you know, we're talking about pres- presentation, but we actually do this for ourselves as well, yeah, we where do. we have the books out that constantly remind us, hey, we got to read this book or, you know, this is something we are enjoying together. Make sure you mention this to you and this type of stuff. So Yeah, we've loved this couple, this couple's book, I guess, that we've been doing. It's been really fun. And we try to pair it with something that we can watch a movie of later yeah. so d- that we used to do a lot of dinner in the movie stuff before we had kids. You know, when we were dinks, dual income, no kids. Yeah. <laughs> now we're single income lots of kids <laughs> so there's <laughs> so anyway um yeah we used to do dinner in a movie so we we kind of like the idea of pairing the book with the movie so it's kind of a way to do that yeah so this has been a anyway i would highly recommend you do something like that with your spouse we've had a lot of fun with it um so yeah when we talk about shelf space for series specifically mm-hmm. if you don't have a lot of space and, and you have a whole series there's 10 books or something consider just shelving the first book in the series. Mm-hmm. If your child discovers that book and likes the series, then go ahead and put the rest of them on the shelf for them. But, you know, if you don't have a lot of space, you don't want to store all 147 Rainbow Fairy books, you know, just go ahead and, and you can feel free to just put the first one on. Keep the rest in your special uh, save away pl- closet space or wherever. Death, death drawers, death dresser. <laughs> yeah, wherever you're going to keep those books that you're not going to pull out right now. So yeah, if you've right. got limited shelf space, really think about series and you know, just putting the first one out there to capture your child's interest. And then once you have it, you can bring out the rest of the books. Now, we haven't really been doing the library as much. Um, you know, Blossom and Root curriculum doesn't have as many books as Torchlight did. We're also in the middle of the pandemic. It's very, unfortunately, very difficult to get books from the library. It's yeah. kind of this, it's it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing to get the books and it's a thing to get the books back. Return the books. It's, it's, it's a chore. It's yeah. a chore. And we haven't had to really use it because we... we pretty much have the books for this curriculum um but what did we do maybe just tell them what we did when we were doing the torchlight when you know the world was normal Mm -hmm. and you know the fires are receding it looks like so maybe (laughs) maybe this year will be a little bit better um you know what did we do for torchlight yeah, so getting books from the library, it's obviously a great resource, and you can check out just a, 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 the sheer volume of books they allow you to check out is uh, crazy. Um, it seems wrong. It does seem wrong. And, well, and I don't want that many books in the house that no. are not ours because, you know, they do, they walk. So the, the important thing is that we, we have a special bin for library books. It, you know, it's empty now, as we said, but mm-hmm. when we were able to really yes. use the library, it's right, it's right behind you. Yeah. yeah just, when we were able to use the library before the pandemic, uh, use it in, and go there every week. And our daughter would run in and pick out all kinds of books that she was interested in and things. We just, we had to have a home for library books. So my recommendation is you get a bin or a shelf location or, or something we special. Got one of the nice canvas colored bins that kind of you know, you go into a shelf, it's real nice, it's pretty, and we bought a couple of those and we stick the books in there. Right, yeah. and so it's great because then when our kids use a library book, they know where it has to go back to so that you don't have to run around the house and look on all these different shelves to try to find the missing library books because, it, you know, especially like we've got 2,000 books, it, it can be tough to find a hidden library book in the middle of all that. So having a place that you can train your kids that the library books all go back is really helpful. It's not going to prevent the the rogue library book, but it it's it's better than nothing. So we definitely recommend you come up with a special spot for library books. So we talked a little bit about 
before um organizing the books for the curriculum having a bin maybe a shelf on the on you know like we have a shelf next to our reading chair which has now left and gone into our bedroom um but the reading chair that was in our bonus room you know it was right next to the shelf where all our curriculum books are very powerful thing combining it with your washi tape being able to organize your books have a shelf where all your curriculum needs are for me it's super super helpful like I have the book of the week for Blossom and Root. I know right where to go. I know right where to, to look. It takes me, you know, less than two minutes. You know, I tell the older one, hey, go play with your sister. I'm getting set up for this week. I go and thumb through. I find the book. And I don't have to go, oh, is that book in her room? Is it downstairs on the shelf? Is it over here? No, it's on that shelf. It's right there. And I go and find it. And that really takes a lot of that stress away. When you're starting to you know get into it like tomorrow i'm going to be getting into it on monday you're going to update the trello board i'll go and find that book that'll be the book for the week and i'll put it in my special spot where i do where i put those having a shelf or a bin is for the books for the week now you can obviously pick way more books and when i like for example when i get prepped for monday when i get prepped tomorrow morning um yes we do record on sundays there is no rest um <laughs> when i go for the morning i will pull that book and then i'll ask my daughter you know hey which reference book would you like me to to pull down what i tend to do is we'll take a reference book like for example it was the religion book eyewitness religion book last last week she loves looking at the you know the costumes and the paintings and all that type of stuff so she'll flip to a page and i'll read her a page and then we'll do a lesson i'll read another page we'll do a lesson so a lot of times i'm pulling down you know one or two reference books for the day and I put that with the pile of all the other stuff we've got to do and then the books we've got to read and all that type of stuff. Um, but knowing that I have a, a shelf where all my curriculum books are, super powerful. When we used to do Torchlight, you know, we had the library bin. We had almost, we had a bin that was for our spine books that had all the spine material. Mm -hmm. But then pretty much at that time, we did not have, I would say even one or 2% of the books that Torchlight required for that curriculum. I was able to have that bin with the library books, thumb through, pull the one or two, you know, the three or four books that I need, put them into our bin for the week, keep them there as safe. And so I would pull them out, read them, put it back, pull out the, you know, read them, put them back. If I didn't like the book, a lot of times towards light, you know, stuff's hit and miss, right? Some books are not very good. You read it, did not like it, goes back into the, the bin to go be returned. Yeah, we, we yeah. did kind of a... Well, you did a really cool thing too, because it wasn't just the books for the week. Because it was emotion, there were themes for the week, and you would actually go out and find, you know, like seven or eight or nine, ten additional books yeah. that fit that theme, and sometimes those were hit and miss. Like I think the main spine reading books for Torchlight were really good. Yeah, um, it was just those extra books that maybe eh, not very good. Sometimes our library yeah. didn't have because Torchlight's got you know the main books that it recommends, and then there's a bunch of alternate extensions, and so sometimes our library would have them yeah, and right. sometimes yeah. not. So the system that I did when we did Torchlight, you know, Blossom and Root doesn't use for early years, uh, volume one and two, it's like one main book a week. But when you get into Torchlight, when we start doing um, Torchlight K and Build Your Library Zero, the amount of books is going to ramp up significantly uh, just as it was with Torchlight K or Torchlight Pre-K, excuse me. So the system that I did uh, as Matt said, a bin for the spines. And then I had two different, these are actually crates, kind of crates. I had a, a crate for this week and a crate for next week. Because with library books, one of the things is you can't just ask for it a couple of days in advance, right? Yeah, right. You, yeah. you, you need to make sure that you, you give it a few days, especially if there's things on hold. So what I would do is on the weekends, I would go, I'd go to the library once a weekend 
and I'd pick up the new books and return the old books and I would slot them into the bin for this week or for next week. So when Matt sat down to do the curriculum for the week, he knew where the spines were. Mm-hmm. They were all together. And then there was a second crate of all the books uh, that were all the the literature and extension books and things for this week. So he didn't have to go thumb through. And that would be a a mixture of both our books and library books, depending on how many we had that might have gone with the theme. So if this week was about space, for example, I'd throw the eyewitness space book in there, even though it wasn't called out in the curriculum. I know that it's part of it and, you know, there might be some great pictures in it and things. So I'd put that in there. So I would just basically create a bin for each week. Mm -hmm. So then on the weekend, when I would get back from the library, I'd make the new this week and next week bins and put the shelve, the old books that we helpful from the previous week. So so it worked really well. And I think it was great just because the washi tape is awesome, but depending on what you're studying, you may have a lot of other books in your collection that are also, um, you know, topical and maybe helpful for that. So how do you do that? Do you washi tape them because they could be used? No, not really. It's great to have this bin system that you can pre-pull all the books. You know, it's, it's nice when you go sit down and you're ready to start homeschooling and your kid is, um, they're, they're, they're ready to pay attention and learn mm-hmm. that you don't have to go give me a few minutes while I go and find 15 books, right? (laughs) I mean, right now you've got to go find one book and you're pulling a fun book for her to read from Eyewitness. But when it comes to Torchlight, it's like you're losing valuable time if you've got to go and search for 15 books, which is why I can take time in the evening when they're in bed before you start for the week, after I've gotten home from the library and go Mm -hmm. through and organize all of our bins and then that sets you up for success the next day and it keeps everything really well contained. So that would be my advice if you're doing a literature heavy curriculum is to come up with some sort of a bin or crate or, or shelf. If you've got a good shelf space where you want to you know, put all the books for this week on the top shelf and next week on the next shelf, and then you can just rotate on the weekends to, you know, bring in the next lot. It's nice to have that look ahead and give yourself time to pull all the other books that might be applicable. So these are our, our best ideas. This is how we organize our books. We would love to hear your ideas. Well, there's one last step oh. for, for the hoarders out there. Oh, yeah. I missed this one. So this is very important. This is so important. I'm always on you to do this. I <laughs> always. Always. I know. Do, do you like that book? Uh, it was okay. Go donate it and get rid of it because we got more coming. Yeah, you constantly have to call your shelves. Call your shelves. I mean, if you don't like the books that you're reading... If your kid didn't like the book that you just read, it's likely the younger one maybe might not like it either. So cull. Get rid of these books. Right. We sometimes feel like we paid for this book and so we want to keep it. But the truth is it might find a better home elsewhere. Donate it and there's there are plenty of books in the sea. So Yeah, find find a good local charity, needy moms, needy kids. Go ahead and donate it to them. Yeah, you know, know, pass it on to another homeschool family. If maybe the book didn't hit you right, but it will for somebody else. There's really no reason to keep books that aren't your books that are, you know, don't don't spark something in you or your kids. Don't keep them on your shelves. There's just no there's no point in it. Matt Matt does this. He reads a book and he'll be like, well, it was all right. And I'm like, okay, when are you donating this book? (laughs) You've got it. And he goes, well, I don't know. You know, I said, well, would you read it again? Well, no. Do you think one of our kids would read it? Well, no, I wouldn't recommend they waste their time on it. Well, then why is it here? Yeah. Right? It's not a status symbol to have more books. I I think one of the problems with it, there's a couple things. One is it takes up valuable shelf space mm-hmm. you could have for better books. 
And secondly, is if you muddy your shelves with poor books uh, that, that, that hide better books, right? So if our kids come in and they peruse your sci-fi section yep. and they go in and they pick a random book and they start to read it, if it's crummy... Mm-hmm. They might go, oh, I guess maybe I'm not, I don't like adult sci-fi books, right? Yeah, I'd rather the they yeah. be all good things on that shelf. You know, yeah. if it's something you haven't read yet, that's fine. But if you've read it and it's just not for you, don't feel this guilt. Pass it on. It will have new life. Somebody else will love that book. Mm-hmm. Fill your shelves with good quality books. Um, and, and, and don't buy don't buy junk books just so that you have every subject covered. I think we really believe in having quality, you know, spend the money on the quality books. You can often get them used. There's just great deals out there. Don't, don't get something just, just to say you've covered a base. Yeah. And even for me, like, you know, I I try to read some of the classics and, you know, some, some of the classics are difficult to get through. They can be very overwritten and wordy and long and if it's just not enjoyable, most of those books are in the public domain and you can get digital copies on Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. It is not worth keeping an old stuffy book that your kids are never going to read again. You're never going to read. Oh, and if they you, decide to, you can always great. pick up a copy. You can get a copy, uh, you know, especially since they're classics, they're always out there. Um, but also, you know, for me, you know, I read, you know, I have these books, but I also get digital copies of my books that I'm reading. And, you know, I read most of my books on my phone. Because I have the big phone, and it's like a reader. It's black on white. It's really easy on the eyes. I can read anytime and anywhere I am. I have my book with me. You know, that's probably going to be the reading way going forward as more people discover, you know, Kindles and e-readers and things of that nature. So it's, you know, I, I do have a dream that one day maybe you just have one shelf and it's an e-reader with some of your favorite books. Like all my Steinbeck books are going to be up there. You know, right? all my Hemingway's. And, and be this up is there, where right? I think I I conflict, right? I yeah. I think that while it's great, and I read, you know, I love my Kindle, and I read mm-hmm. from it every night. I've got I'm always reading four or five books at a time on my Kindle, and I love it. However, you have used your shelves to discover new books, and so I think that's one thing that mm-hmm. the Kindle doesn't do as well. I want to have those books on the shelves so yeah. that our girls can walk in and look at a cover and browse and go boy, that looks interesting. They're not going to get that from a file name on a Kindle. Yeah, right. um, but that being said, we don't want to keep things that aren't good. So I'm I'm a firm believer in keeping good quality books that you think you or your children might read. But if it was, if it was poor or otherwise uninspiring, you're right. You can get an ebook version of it if they absolutely must read this book for uh, you know some curriculum later or they really want to do it. You can always pick up a copy. It's just... You know, there's just uh, there's there's not enough shelf space to waste no. on on, you know, books that aren't aren't your jam. Exactly, I agree. So, hopefully that helps on how we organize books. We'd love to know what you guys think. Yeah, we'd, we'd love, love to, to know what everybody else does mm-hmm. um, to manage it. We're kind of we have a pretty big library. Uh, we're I'm pretty proud of it, and you know, I'm starting to read most of these books that I have up here, and you know, I feel like I'm c- curating a nice, you know high-end library and you know you read a ton our daughter's reading you know looking through a lot of books now and i really feel like we're going to have that that library i've always wanted you know the discovery you you mentioned it before finding books on my dad's shelf that i never knew existed you know my love of stephen king came from stumbling upon stephen king books uh that were on my dad's shelf uh when i was like 11 
right? And reading Carrie and just sitting there for a whole afternoon and just devouring it, right? I want to have that experience for our kids when they get a little bit older to know, oh, Confederacy of Dunces. Uh, oh, go read some Palanchik. Oh, uh, Hugh Howey's up there. Uh, you know, Thomas Mann, if you want something really heady. Like, there's all these great books on there and you're going to love it. Like, we had our friends over this year, uh, or, or very early last year, and they got really, you know, he was into sci-fi and I said, hey, I have the novelized version of Alien. Why don't you read it this today and let's watch the movie. And that kid devoured the book, mm-hmm. you know, and we watched the movie that night and it was awesome, right? Yeah. And that was that's the type of experience that I want the kids to have when they're older is to go, oh, you know, have you read Dune? Oh, have you read, you know, Asimov? I mean, I have everything and I've curated it and I know it's really good mm-hmm. and I'm adding more and more and, you know, there's classics, there's modern books, there's, you know, things that dad loves, things that mom loves and, you know, just being able to have that on the shelves is so important and to be able to have it organized is even better. Yeah. <laughs> and once we have a kid who doesn't want to tear all the books off the shelves, we'll be able to re- reorganize the thriller section there that you're sitting in front of. <laughs> yeah, it's hard with, it's hard with toddlers that want to get all up into books because yeah. boy. Yeah, she loves our gardening books. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end it the way we always do. I know it's a little bit long, um, but I think it was really helpful. Yeah, and, and hopefully we answered your, your question, Nada. So yep. um, thank you again for writing in. And anybody else, if you've got a topic that you want us to cover, yep. we will surely try our best. So please let us know. You can contact us through Facebook. You can email us at homeschooltogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely get in touch with us. If there's something that you want to hear about, we would love to record an episode uh, for you. So yeah. thank you again. Yeah, made-to-order episodes. <laughs> I could tell more jokes about uh, Ariel and I river rafting. Oh, you should ask. You, <clears throat> here's a challenge. I want the first person to message Ariel and ask how much stuff she brought on that Chattooga river rafting trip. Listen, I am a reformed overpacker, okay? Okay, no, no. Listen, reformed. It's like, it's like we're at the country fair, and there's the big glass jar, and it's got all the the, <laughs> the candy bars, or the little, little you know, the gumdrop things in there. And you got to walk up there and go, how many marbles are in this jar? <laughs> the guess is, how many pounds of equipment? <laughs> of gear did I make Matthew Hall for miles? <laughs> for everybody, it is at least above three figures <laughs> more than a hundred pounds of gear you know so what's funny about them, this we'll though? let them guess it we'll let them guess i i have no idea what it was but you know you, you know what i think i know about this i know because i had to you had to lug it half I, mile up and down a hill. up and down a hill yeah a steep hill but i think what's funny about i did it this, for love you did but i think what's funny about this is that i used to crazily overpack i mean i would bring everything to the kitchen sink guys she brought a wetsuit to a two-day river rafting trip yeah yeah, i did okay but i i was young but the funny thing is now i am an, a very economy packer i will only pack exactly what we need and calculate how many times i'll wear an outfit and i'm like really good about it and this one packs tons of clothes that we end up bringing home. They're they're still clean. They're still folded. Never open those socks. I mean, just he way overpacks me. So I'm proud of myself. I've I've grown as a person. This I've come her, a long way. This is this is her pulling the knife out of her back and trying to stab <laughs> me with it. All right, let's let's end it. Let's end it the way we always do is what we're into this week. Um, what are the children into this week? So we did talk with Kristen Drenzik from Alaska Wildlings about the nugget couch. And I really never 
got like what the deal was with the nugget. Um, but then I started to look into these and it's like, wow, these are really cool. Um, you know, the ability to have kind of a modular, uh, modular couches. So for Christmas, our children received, uh, these two kind of, one was a, a transformable couch as a couple it looks of like a couch but kind of a geometric and then the top half folds and if you can imagine it uh with these little insert cushions it could create this flat kind of bed-like surface mm-hmm. but it can also fold up and fold in half and then the cushions come out and it forms like a couch and if you don't have the cushions in it forms a pool that's what i have learned right yes. an imaginary pool, imaginary and, then, pool yeah. and then our children also received a, a tumbling mat that kind of folds up accordion style and these two have been uh, just the most popular of all the Christmas items. It has been dragged all around the house. Oh my gosh! One living room to the next, upstairs, to the kitchen, downstairs, upstairs bedrooms. They, they're using them for all kinds of imaginary, you know, building e- forts. Even, and yeah, but even the one and a half year olds doing the fun, fun stuff with it. She's moving it around. She's flipping it around. She's opening it. She gets in there and pretends she's in a pool. She even says pool, 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 and toys come in yeah, there. Yeah, they, they, they put the little bring slide blankets. that goes yeah. into it. I mean, they're, they've had so much fun with these two pieces, and I never realized how much fun uh, a modular a modular couch could be I mean, for children. I mean, be, it was being used as a as a you know the. I think they were walling off the living room this when we were making yeah, they dinner were playing tonight. Playing a castle tonight. I mean, yeah. every every day. Um, at least several times a day, there are different imaginary games that are happening with these pieces. I, I just never could have predicted how well they would love Ariel, something like this. You're too old. You're, you're, you're a get off my lawn old. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. You just don't, I, I you just don't get it with these like, kids are cool, hip into the. What, yeah, what? I was like, okay, well, there's a couple of slabs, <laughs> and then you've got these couple of cushions that come out. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna okay. lie. I, I, I laid on it. It was pretty comfy. I mean, they are comfy, but gosh, they they find so many inventive things to do with yeah, right. them. I'm really impressed. I was impressed with the the quality and things, but just mm-hmm. the the number of different you know games that they got up to with the imaginative play has been you know at all time highs oh, yeah. since since they received these. And you know the couch I think was like 150 dollars, so it's it's a little bit more of an expensive purchase. I think the tumbling mat was like in the I think I got it for 40 40 bucks. It was all Target. on Amazon, yeah. They came in, uh, the couch was in a compressed package, so when you opened it, it kind of like expanded out. Just unbelievable imaginative play. Uh, things that I didn't think they would be able to do. It actually took a little bit of the load off of our couch pillows, which have been really getting a beaten the, yeah. last, the last six or seven months. You know, we have all these huge kind of wool pillows on our couch they look like a wool but they look look like wool there's something like that anyway they get dragged around the house but they have been able to stay on the couch now because of these things have been in the house and i mean this thing is they've been jumping on it they've been running on it they've been doing obstacle courses with it just unbelievable and you know we're in a pandemic and it's dead of winter here in the pacific northwest so it's just raining almost every day you know uh, we're going to get a ton of rain this week. I know these couches are going to be able to get them some exercise. And I mean, literally running and running and running. ton of exercise. The little ones screaming and running around and falling and getting back up. I mean, it's just been really fun to see them kind of really do a lot of physical play together mm-hmm. inside the house when I know they can't get outside as, as easily as, as maybe if it was in the summer. And it's been really a nice little outlet for both of them. So thing that we're really into this week is nice little tumbling mat even just the tumbling mat you know if you can't get the couch the tumbling mat has been 
oh my gosh. They loved it. They kind of turn it up. Yeah, it kind of accordions up, and then it also, you know, can fold around and get velcroed together and kind of create like a little 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 house. I mean, my goodness, there's so much imaginative play through this. Mm -hmm. I really, really encourage you. you Some, you know, if you're got the kids are bouncing off the walls, a couple tumbling mats, maybe a couch. Um, Really, really helpful. We have been really enjoying seeing them play together and getting that physical exercise that they so, 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 so desperately need. So desperately need. So So that's kind of what we're into this week. So check it out. See if if it's right for your house and go ahead and get some. Yeah, check it out in the show notes. Yep. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!